1: Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with Talk Sport. Coming up on today's show, we're going to hear from NXT superstar Kyle O'Reilly. John Moxley makes his post WWE in ring debut. We might have a new match of the year candidate. We'll talk NXT Takeover 25, WWE Saudi, uh, New Japan. Loads coming up. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. All right, hello. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show with Talksport. As always, head to Twitter at Pro Wrestle Show, Instagram, all the usual places for our content throughout the week. Uh, Will Gavin, I'm here at home base. We are all over the country right now. Alex Mack, where are you? <laughs> Did you just say you was at home base? As yeah. in, as in <laughs> yeah. As in the defunct home base. Uh, is, is home base defunct? I thought there were just is, some of them had shut down.
2: Oh, um, in my town, it's gone. But there
1: you go. Uh, yeah, I'm at home. Uh, actually dressed this time, but I'm at home. That's good to know. Nice to Ooh. know that you're fully clothed for once. And, and uh, John Jackson, who <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
1: ap- appears to be at a French carnival.
3: Bonjour. <laughs> What's going on today? Um, I could be in one of three places. I could be at the French Open. I could be in Monaco enjoying the lovely Mediterranean air. Or I might be in Warrington. I'm going to guess you're in Warrington. I'm in Warrington. Why uh, on earth are you I, Warrington listening to a man play a squeeze box? Uh, I've come here for the culture. Clearly, clearly, yeah. I'm I'm moving away from the man with his accordion. I've uh, I've been here for ten minutes. I've already seen three homeless men having a fight, which is pretty sad. If I if I have to really think about it. But you're, There we go. You're really portraying a, a bad light of our northern friends. What
1: a what a shocker.
3: Well, having said that, though, I've seen three bakeries next door to each other, so that would. Bring it back up. I think that's a big old plus point for you, uh, Al. How are you
1: feeling post Vegas? It feels like it's been ages since we've done a show, just because so much has happened in the last eight or nine days of wrestling. But have,
0: I don't you, know.
1: have you fully recovered from your Vegas trip yet?
2: Yeah, my. You know, there's no better tonic for jet lag than than children um, because they just don't let you sleep. So that's uh, that's fine. Um, and my youngest is actually ill at the moment, so that's even better. But uh, it's given me a good. A good chance to stay up and watch wrestling. I've actually watched live the past couple of nights uh, WWE's attempts to. Uh, I don't know, even know what they're trying to do, <laughs> but uh, I've been watching.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're attempting to. It's been weird, and we'll get into this a little bit later in the show, but cobbling together something for the Saudi Arabia show, which has actually led to. Two of the better TV shows of recent times, which is surprising considering how kind of anti the the setup for this pay per view I've been so far. But we will get into that a little later in the show. We should uh, kind of kick off with with the bigger news from this week in the world of wrestling and. John Moxley's done his first couple of interviews post-WWE he's also now done uh, had his in-ring debut uh, the, the the stuff with On Talk is Jericho and then again a later date with Wade Keller um, some, some sterling work from those involved and John Moxley even though he sp- starts both interviews saying how he doesn't want to just kill WWE uh, Al he proceeded to do it in both of
0: them <laughs>
2: yeah I mean yeah, you can't really hide what you know what he has to say, no matter how he says it i mean the 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 content of his words are pretty damning and and to be fair it it's a, to a surprise of no one really it it feels like he's just the first one to actually be in a position where he can say that uh more to the point he was in a prominent position in 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 many ways a main event for 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 a sustained period of time, so to be able to talk so closely to what Vince McMahon is really like in those situations. Uh, it, it wasn't hard to to buy what what Moxley was saying on that podcast. It's probably the most revealing podcast since Punk and Cole Cabana. Which, uh, you know, Cabana, a few, how many years ago was that now? Five, I want to say. So, um, you know, given the glaring issues surrounding the morality backstage in WWE, morality or mor- morale, I should have just said, <laughs> it seems that this is a very. I don't think they're questioning their existence. I was thinking that, but there you go. <laughs> no, no, mora- they morality, maybe John. they are morality, John.
1: Morality, John, not mortality. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that
3: what he said? I thought he said mortality. <laughs> this is Sorry, problem. I'm really confused. I've just seen a man pissing against the statue. This uh, what?
2: Why don't we go live from Warrington more often? That's what we need. I think we should.
3: What what I want to say about about, uh, John Moxley is, you know how obviously they gave him this amazing send-off and they did everything, you know, and he said it in the Jericho thing, about how, you know, they were sort of not burying him on TV. He stayed on TV. He kept thinking, oh, this is surely, yeah, I'm not going to be on TV. And they sort of kept him on and they gave him that big send-off and only paid him $500. But do you think that they're sitting there now going, oh, God, why did we do that? Thinking that, you know, because there was all those rumours that they thought it would be a really good thing to do, he might take a bit of a break he might just do a few things here and there and then he's come out, he's done that interview, he's been on obviously AEW already and he's already been on New Japan and won a title yeah, I think
2: I think it's interesting that he yeah, he, he said in the Jericho podcast that he kept things very close to his chest so he didn't really reveal what his plans were going to be and WWE took it upon themselves to assume that he wouldn't be going to AEW which is really not even in the first place, I guess. Like, what, why they wouldn't press him for, you know, I don't know. But, you know, you look at all of the story and how Ambrose has been let go. It just seems that Vince is kind of oblivious to all of it. Like, it, like when Moxley had to tell him that he actually was deeply unhappy and Vince was like, well, I, I didn't know. He was like, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> so, it's, he, he has every chance, but he, it's like he picks and chooses what he does and doesn't take in. Uh, and, you know, it seems AEW falls under
1: the the, the latter part of that. I, I think the kind of most surprising thing of the entire Moxley-Jericho interview, certainly a lot of stuff was verified on the Keller interview and, and a lot of other stories coming out. But I think the most surprising thing maybe was how unsurprising the whole thing was, how people who have followed the product over recent years aren't stunned to hear that there are people who are having these sorts of problems, that aren't stunned to hear that there are talent who are so clearly deeply unhappy and, and you know there was those news reports coming out afterwards i think it was ringside news was it who who did a bunch of work uh, fought, like speaking to guys currently guys and girls currently in the wwe without naming names who said that you know part of their frustration is that moxley's had a chance to do this before they have uh, john referenced it there and, and i want to talk a bit about the whole best of the super juniors show but you know, he, he makes his in-ring post-WWE debut and immediately wins probably the, the third biggest title in New Japan right now and certainly the, the one amongst foreigners outside of the heavyweight championship that they would consider the, the big one. And does he ever get to do that without WWE? I imagine not, but he has landed himself in per, the perfect kind of position by being smart enough. He, he showed how savvy he was in that interview. He's smart enough to, to not complain to the point of asking for his release, to letting the contract run down. And clearly, you know, Vince McMahon going on past experience, when someone wants to do that's because they want to step away from the business. Whereas you see what's happening with the likes of Luke Harper, Sasha Banks, who we're hearing is now coming back to WWE TV in the summer. But people who have requested a change or a departure are getting backlash, whereas he was just very clever about it and just... Quietly snuck off, and then now is the hottest commodity in wrestling.
2: I think it's like you said, or he said, in fact, on the podcast. You know, he had to factor in Renee Young as well, obviously. Like he couldn't kick up too much of a stink uh, at WWE because it, it invariably it would have affected her in some in some kind of way. So uh, I think all of that took into account. But he has done it perfectly, and not only has he won that title, but you know, me and you saw it, Will, and you'll be able to, to you know to echo these comments. He didn't just win the title, he put on a great match, really did for his first in Japan. Uh, Juice Robinson played his part in that fantastically as well, that should be noted. But, you know, I I firmly believe that given the the creative license that he has at the moment and, and the buzz around AEW, it's all there
1: for Moxley to be the hottest star in the business over the next year. It really is. We're going to get into the, the WWE side of things coming up shortly, and as I said, we'll have our chat from uh, from Super Strong Style with Kyle O'Reilly coming up as well, but just to, to cover what happened at New Japan in the Best of the Super Juniors, as I mentioned, I think there was a, a Match of the Year candidate in this uh, in this event as well. It wasn't the Moxley-Juice match, but that was absolutely superb, as, as Al alluded to, and I look at the three co-main events almost as they were, certainly it was co-main events between the top two matches, but... The three big singles matches on that card, and I feel boring repeating the same thing, but again, it's about the quality of the long-term storytelling and what they managed to do with the Moxley Juice matches. Even though those two don't have a background, even though they only had the build to this one event, which had to be done kind of partially in secret, the fact of the matter is, is that Juice Robinson has laid such a brilliant groundwork there with his babyface persona that something as simple as him coming to the ring and having cut off his dreadlocks and get facing down John Moxley right at the beginning of that match told such a great story for those who were invested in the New Japan product that it didn't matter that the other person was a free agent who had been brought in from elsewhere and didn't have a direct build. It still had that storytelling element. And I thought what was so brilliant about the match was that... It was. It had a few of my least favourite things about New Japan, which is the referee apparently just ignoring the rules altogether for large stretches of time. But mm. what you had was the story of Juice realising that this was going to be. A street fight this wasn't going to be flips this wasn't going to be technical wrestling this was going to be two guys having a fight and and almost lowering himself to what is considered moxley's level and having a proper brawl it was it, there was some great inventive stuff in there as well but i just I, it was just a really really strong 25 minutes really intense really motivated from from john moxley and it just it all came together really really well i think as well uh speaking to that
2: yeah, and I think Stephanie Chase actually posted a tweet similar to what I, uh, what I had thought, but it was just as much about Juice Robinson coming out of the C.J. Parker kind of time in his life uh, and, and and facing up to someone else who has escaped that that kind of WWE shadow that that loomed over them for so long. So that that kind of underlying story between the two of them was was just as prevalent as anything else, and and I felt that both of them established themselves as totally different animals compared to what you may have seen them before and that is very important what
1: i also liked was the wwe callback to having him hit the dirty deeds but that not being enough so doing the the new death rider uh, version of the finisher which is like the super dirty deeds and that being what put uh, juice robinson away and, and even that in itself was a a lovely little wwe callback I, the whole thing like we said came together really well uh, I I was a big big fan of it and if we now get to see him now that he's got the there was a feeling if he didn't win this match that it could just be a one off a bit of a gimmick booking but now we've seen him win that match the G1 supercar uh, uh, D1 um uh, tournament G1 Climax is coming up in July and August I imagine he's going to be in that which gives us the opportunity to see him go up against depending on which block he's booked in some of the Japanese greats potentially someone like Will Ospreay potentially people like, um,
2: uh, Jay, White. People like
1: Jay White would be fantastic like so many great fights set up from that so uh, yeah I'm 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 super pumped for all of that
2: yeah, me too. It's like you just said, though. Um, all that is dependent on, you know, Tony Khan said to us in Vegas that as soon as the TV deal becomes, you know, weekly and and AEW are kicking off, then then you know, Moxley is theirs and he will be there every week. So it's hard to imagine that, as you've alluded to, you know, he could he win the G1? Probably not, because more often than not, they go on to face or, you know, they, uh, he would certainly have a, a role at Wrestle Kingdom, regardless, I guess. But that can't really happen with AEW unless there is an exception made, which is not, you know, impossible. But it just kind of throws a bit of a spanner in the works too.
1: Uh, It it set up for what was a brilliant night overall, and look, I'll say I thought that uh, that typical, it's amazing that New Japan put on a show like this four days before their second biggest pay-per-view of the year. But it set up a couple of nice storylines for Dominion. Uh, The tag matches which built up the majority of the undercard were all had nice little moments in it like naito and ibushi going against each other and naito uh, you know pulling the dirty moves afterwards to to try and injure ibushi ahead of their intercontinental match come sunday or monday morning our time um i i have to uh i have to make a, an apology to to john jackson though is he still with us He's I'm
3: still in. I, I was just going to say, is
1: the apology for me having to be in Warrington? It's not for you having to be in Warrington.
3: It's, uh, <laughs> it's... never apologise for that. Yeah, I have to say, guys, I have found the nice bit of Warrington. Well done. Uh, we well a, a little uh, little park now. How many, <laughs> a um, retreat I'm proud of you is that whilst we?
1: I mean we should mention Jay White and Tanahashi was absolutely superb and Jay White the counter king as he's become recently <laughs> was really really good and Tanahashi working from underneath but um, John Jackson I think Will Ospreay might be the best wrestler in the
3: world right now see I mean like, I keep saying this and you just give me all this heat oh, what are you on about it's Kenny Omega uh, it's not mate it's Will Ospreay you know it is my favourite progress match, Will Ospreay versus uh, G- Jimus <laughs> Havoc. Uh, Jimus, and you just don't believe me, and you give me no credit. And now, you know what? You're seeing, you're seeing that I was right all along. The match with Shingo, and this is, again,
1: coming back to that idea of long-term storytelling. Will Ospreay, after the match, announced that he's going to be moving to Japan. We had suspicions that was happening with him kind of saying goodbye to all the indies while he was here. But he's moving to Japan full-time. He's going to get involved in the heavyweights, so that means uh-huh. we could well see him in the G1 this year. Um, but to have Shingo come into this, who, uh, you know, absolute legend in Dragon Gate, came into uh, New Japan about eight months ago, in 96 matches, hadn't been pinned or submitted, had, had, was on this phenomenal undefeated streak, to finally drop back to Will Ospreay in the final of this tournament to, uh, to miss out on being the first ever undefeated Battle of the Super Juniors champion, <laughs> to have Will Ospreay absolutely have to empty his arsenal on him to do the super cutter, to do the storm breaker, to do everything it took to get there... If Shingo finally had to lose to someone, it's clear that they're absolutely making Will Osprey and pushing him beyond this point. I there's part of me that thinks he might not beat Dragon Lee for the title on Sunday, so that they can really maneuver him into being a heavyweight rather than a rather than a junior. But just everything about this match—the false finishes, the way it built, the the quality of the offense between the two—it's it, shot with a
3: bullet into my match of the year contention. Absolutely. He's, he's always said, hasn't he, that he wants to be a heavyweight now, and he's always posting on Instagram about how he's like trying to bulk up um, I haven't actually seen any of this yet because, as, as you know, um, I'm in Warrington. Uh, and I <laughs> you've find you've any definitely internet. not
1: made. Sorry, are we sponsored by the Warrington <laughs> Tourist Board today? Or
3: <laughs> yeah, they paid for my train. They've <laughs> <No, laughs> got a um, huge
1: budget, to be fair. <laughs> yeah,
3: they have. They have. They've. Um, I've seen the Nando's. They. Um, no, I couldn't get internet quick enough on the old Virgin train. Uh, so I couldn't watch it. So not only have you guys spoiled it for me, but you know, um. I I can't watch it for a few days now but yeah it sounds amazing Uh, I'm glad that Will Ospreay do you think that they are do you think they're rewarding him for his commitment to moving to Japan to New Japan or do you think there's a slight concern from New Japan that Will Ospreay might be offered silly money by WWE or AEW where obviously B Priestley is?
1: I think that they're, they're doing it because they see him as a genuine future of New Japan. They see him as someone... The quality of the matches he's put on across the last two months and really the last two years in New Japan has been at such a high level that they, they really should consider him the future. He's bulked up a good amount already. He will continue, I imagine, to do so as he goes up and faces the heavyweights. And, you know, to put, I, just, I stand by to put him over Shingo in that situation... Is absolutely an example of just how much they they believe in him. Um, Al, I'm interested. Uh, me and John, because you were on uh, uh, another work conference call. John and I came up with a list of our kind of match of the year contenders so far, and t- yeah. t- tweeted them out. So we had Shingo Osprey, Gargano, Gargano, Cole from NXT Takeover New York um cody versus dustin was our pick from the aew matches and then swords of essex against aussie open which actually after i finished new japan i put progress on and re-watched that match <laughs> in the last hour as well so those were kind of the four i had in contention is there anything else from you that really stands out from this year that that you think needs to be raised up into that conversation
2: oh god uh that's really on the spot do you, do you want to I... think
1: for a moment while i go through what other people have tweeted us Yeah, sure. So I also said we're a little bit disappointed to not come up with a women's match. Does anyone have any suggestions? Jim said, I might get snark for this, but I'm going to say Tessa Blanchard against Gail Kim from Impact Rebellion. There are a couple of minor botches, but some great spots, brilliant storytelling, a really emotional ending, and the confirmation of Blanchard's ascension to the very top of the tree. Her finish it was absolutely sick as well. I I think it's probably the best women's match of the year. Unfortunately, like WWE, for the amount of talent they've got, are yet to put on a really, really top-tier women's match, I don't think.
3: Do you know what I mean? That Tamina and Nia Jax versus whoever they once fought was not your match of the year, Well, (laughs)
1: Look who's being snarky now. Um, Yeah, man. uh, Someone else. uh, Craig put forward Pete Dunne against Walter from TakeOver as their favourite match from that particular show. I mean... I, I find it difficult to look beyond on Gargano Cole, but it's great to see them getting some love. Tom Duncan says, um, Riddle against strong from, uh, from takeover 25. Shouldn't be missed out. Uh, Sean O'Leary says Tanahashi against Omega. Don't forget that was this year. I've got to say that was just a little bit below my very, very top end. Um, and then we've got another vote for Gargano Cole LAX against Lucha brothers from Phil, the renegade from impact rebellion. Interesting. There's a couple from that show on there. So, What I think is major for me about this is we've got four matches there from four different brands in four different very styles. And and other than the fact that it's not women, I think it just shows, despite people's gripes, Al, with WWE right now, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, of of course. Um, And
2: like I said, being a... Double or nothing. I think, uh, and obviously it's up to you how you subscribe. To sorry, is John now landing a
1: plane?
3: Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm just getting I'm just getting the f out of here. Actually, no. <laughs> sorry. Um, unfortunately, I seem to be in a flight path for a very small landing strip. You <laughs> can't make this place up. It's,
1: you cannot make this. Place. Is it North by Northwest? The uh, the scene where like he's running through the field, being chased
3: by the biplane. That's what I've got yeah, in no, my head now. am being <laughs> it's a it's a crop duster. I right, feel like uh, you just
2: have like a keyboard and it just has random <laughs> sound effects.
3: Exactly. I am I am Ross from Friends. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's good. sorry. Um guys, guys, when we're talking about sorry, when we're talking about a um, match of the year, have you seen the videos been going around on online of Joey Janela versus that fifteen-year-old girl whose name I can't remember? From where Coventry. they do a yeah, where they do, they do a um, anywhere Falls match or whatever, and they end up going out into the street where he pile drives her onto a car, and then oh, they uh, go onto a, they go onto a passing bus. <laughs> and there's loads of people just sitting there going, sorry, what's going on here? And there's just <laughs> Joey Janella smacking a 15 year old girl around on a bus. It was you. How could you ever look at it? What what were you saying, Al? Before we were so rudely erect,
1: uh, rudely interrupted by apparently a <laughs> was
2: you was you about to say we were rudely
1: erected? You know I was. <laughs> oh
2: my god! Uh, Smut. Um, no, it, I was just saying double or nothing in itself. Like the top three matches, you could make an argument for being in the top ten of the year, um, which is obviously a strong start for them. It, it, it kind of pains me to not have a, uh, have a main roster WWE matched hand um which is a bit of a shame uh and like you said it's the same as the women really because being what an important year it has been for the women main event in wrestlemania and whatnot really you'd hope there'd be a bit more
1: but um i I think my my favorite match because i tried to think of a wwe main event match of the year i I think my favorite was probably (laughs) seth and aj at at money in the bank so far That was a brilliant match, yeah, but it um, just it's just oh uh, potentially even Kofi and, and Daniel Bryan at mania, but they're just kind of
3: just oh my God, John, where are you now? Sorry, I've just walked into the 1920s. Oh, this is ridiculous sorry'm I'm, I'm literally walking past an Italian restaurant Sorry, right, I've gone past it now. <laughs> Um, what
1: just below well, gonna, that very top tier was what I was trying to say Al, but only I'm going to I'm going to meet myself and then uh, I'll chip it when I need to that's probably for the best
2: <laughs> no I, I agree like it's hard to say um, in terms of the WWE product like especially I, I'm looking back at like Raw Rumble and I'm thinking of the pay-per-views uh, I remember enjoying the Elimination Chamber that where Kofi Kingston had a really good run I remember thinking that was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, um i like know you just said the Daniel Bryan Kofi match at mania was well done but i don't think it really touches Dustin and Cody for instance or you know anything that we've, we that's we've just already previously listed so it, and that's kind of sad
1: to me it really is yeah and they've still got time there's still possibility for more matches this year and i am one of those actually those people who as much as you know most of us Smarks like to separate nxt i do consider nxt part of the wwe product it is still coming from that universe and they've probably had four or five matches beyond gargano cole which deserve to at least be in and around the conversation so i will i will say for nxt they've had two openers that i thought were phenomenal and and that is
2: uh, Riddle and Strong, as, as previously mentioned, the pace of that match was just insane. Uh, really, really fun, and the uh, I believe it was New York when you had Alist- Alistair Black and Ricochet against mm-hmm. the then War Raiders. A phenomenal match between them. It really was. That was, you know, the action in that match, was just absolutely incredible. So, um, as far as the NXT product goes, I mean, I've said this for a long time now that I believe NXT takeovers <laughs> to be the most consistently great shows in the world mm-hmm. for me for me personally that's obviously a bit of a sweeping statement for everyone else but for me i, I feel nxt takeover, they i have never seen a bad one and that's the truth
1: right let's um let's turn our attention well what we'll do uh, in a moment we'll take a break and then we'll get to kyle o'reilly and talk some wwe there was just one other bit of news while we were touching on almost wwe versus the Indies, international shows, that sort of thing, was um, the announcement that NXT UK Cardiff, their next takeover, is going to be taking place uh, the same day, August thirty-first, as uh, New Japan Royal Battle in uh, in London and as AEW All Out. Now, obviously, it's not a direct competitor to All Out uh, because it'll be on at, you know seven eight in the evening versus one in the morning, but a lot of people have questioned this decision, and then you know you know the usual wrestling observer news etc have looked into it and reported that Part of the reason why they decided to pick that date was because that they'd looked into the New Japan show at the Copper Box and apparently found out from like an insider at a ticket agency that they'd only done 2,000 tickets. What they didn't realise were there were two different ticket agencies selling for that show and actually New Japan has apparently sold over 5,000 tickets for that show at a show in London and I'm slightly worried that NXT UK have shot themselves in the foot a little bit with this
3: my thoughts on this irrelevant of new japan or all out is that is cardiff a great choice anyway i obviously went to the tapings in glasgow and they weren't amazingly well attended uh you'd think putting it somewhere central in the uk i'm not saying london but somewhere like birmingham where people have to sort of travel not too far from would that not have been a sensible decision anyway i mean i don't know how big i don't know how big the place is in cardiff i don't know what venue they're doing it at if they're doing it at the motor point then that's insane if they're doing it at St David's Hall, I'd also say that's probably insane. If they're doing it at, you know, a smaller venue and they're going for like a quite a, an intimate kind of, you know, proper indie wrestling vibe, then maybe it'll work. But I would have, I would have just said that Cardiff is a strange choice to have a takeover. I wouldn't even, I would say that like tapings in Cardiff would be pretty weird, let alone a takeover. I think. Ta- but I, I, I find it strange of NXT UK. Like
2: they, they, they went to Plymouth last year and they're going back there this year, and I'm like. <laughs> is Plymouth is a wrestling hotbed like I don't know like, it seems a strange decision I, I didn't think i I didn't think Cardiff was going to be the next takeover destination but you know it I, where, does it do those things really matter to the wwe in, in terms of um you know like they're, they're, if it's going to be a venue similar to to what Blackpool was. I don't even know how many that held, but it's probably, you know, it's it's going to be less than the copper box that New Japan are trying to fill out, I believe.
1: Well, yeah, I I think it will be, I think it will be a smaller venue, but I also, the other thing to consider that it seems like WWE have missed out on entirely is that Wales rugby team have a World Cup warm-up against Ireland at the Principality yeah. that day as well. Now, that doesn't affect necessarily wrestling fans, particularly as you could have a cracking day and go to the rugby followed by the graps. But it is affecting in terms of hotel prices already expensive, trains are already booked up. So it's just all adding to the difficulty of making sure that wherever they do it, is the hotbed of wrestling that day or the hot or the... john come on man! no
3: way yeah. i'm by a train station now i'm really sorry this tour of warrington <laughs> um, is bizarre can i just say that um i've been in wales i am really this this wasn't i mean the italian was intentional but this one hasn't been intentional um well i'm by a police station um <laughs> What I was going to say is is that I've been in Wales City Centre when Wales have been playing Ireland at the Millennium Stadium, now known as the Principality Stadium. And it's wild because even if the match doesn't mean anything... You know, it's quite a nice little trip over for the uh, the Irish fans. They can get a ferry up to Anglesey or wherever they go through up there and then they just drive down. It's, it's kind of, it's a very well-attended event. So it's not even just like, you know, Wales versus a small team where they're not going to bring many people. It's going to be a sell-out crowd and it's going to be wild on a Saturday night in Cardiff. So, yeah, accommodation is going to be tricky and they might have to stay in the big sleep hotel, which uh, I believe we stayed in well, and it was absolutely terrible.
1: <laughs> good times, good times. Uh, we, right, we, My my other kind of suggestion with NXT UK, and it's something kind of felt for a while, and having spoken to a couple of NXT UK talent when we were out in New York, etc., about how much they're wrestling right now, there's kind of this idea that because they are NXT UK talent, they can't. Wrestle elsewhere, their contracts don 't allow them to, which absolutely isn 't true. They are allowed to wrestle for certain Indies that have got kind of sign off plus I just saw Pete Dunns going out to to wrestle out in Spain coming up uh, on a big event in the not too distant future. A member of uh, white wolf we came and did nxt u k recently so like there are opportunities, but they don 't there are guys who are like it 's amazing the difference between how much they were wrestling to how much they are now, I think there should be a consideration of a bit of a reset with the NXT UK product to try and make it a bit cooler to actually take it around and either do weekly shows or fortnightly shows, do one show instead of a weekend, do it in a single venue. It might be a little more expensive from a production perspective, but I just think if you made it more like brit rest more like what we would expect hold it in those kind of venues i just think it would catch that little bit more fire and give it that just slightly different edge to what you get from say the nxt products yeah i mean
2: the, the the model at the moment is still in its infancy i guess like what are we not even a year deep and i think they're still kind of figuring out what it is and how it how it sits next to everything else under the WWE umbrella. But, you know, I, I I still think, and I, I've, I've stood by this against multiple people, but the NXT UK product itself is good. Like the main events every week are very, very good. So from that perspective, people will watch. And I feel like, you know, Triple H has said in the past, it is one of the highest watched things on the network so there obviously is an audience but you know is is that audience gonna come to Cardiff for this this show on this day is a different question um, you know and then when it comes to the weekly product maybe there does need to be something a little bit different but
3: um like you just said it won't come about its cost my right. mate Jason who travels from the Welsh border to London and Manchester and Wolverhampton for wrestling shows most weekends um he's a uh, top mark he is every time something happens in the uk he'll text me and he's adamant that in a year nxt uk won't exist at least in its current form yeah no i, he, I can
2: understand that I can he understand. thinks they'll
3: just keep the best people and they'll run just takeovers in the uk and then like when they first started out with like pete dunn and british strong style just going over and being part of nxt taping in america he kind of thinks that will happen well it's, it's funny because the model can't really sustain if like
2: you know, they open PCs in, like, I don't know, I think they've got one in Germany now, do they? Or India? I think they're thinking, China. They? they? can't just have a show for there's a PC, like, or, or something like that. So it, it's... I understand. This goes back to what we've said for the last few weeks. They're just trying to kind of give the UK market what they want because it's a big market. But really what we want is the bigger stars, I guess, and the bigger shows.
1: So... It, where's
2: the happy medium that's, that's the struggle they're going to have
1: and look it, 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 we are just as uh, we, we are just as bad for that as anyone else because we're off to download uh, in uh, about 10 days time when it's the NXT UK tapings there but you know the people that we have booked in specific interview time with and chased are Matt Riddle Adam Cole, you know these other people that we're we're kind of chasing down personally. We'll definitely speak to some NXT UK talent, but yet yeah, there is it's clear that that's what people are, are most hyped about about those shows is getting that talent over. So I don't want it to have to rely on those kind of things. I want it to survive on its own and continue to be a weekly product. Hopefully, because you're say, like you say about the numbers, it will continue to do so. But the the attendances, the sales for actual shows themselves have maybe been a little concern, and I think it is just a a minor adjustable model to get something that works right let's hear from carl o'reilly and then we'll get into a little bit more about the current wwe tv product head of saudi arabia
0: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states
1: Delighted to have joining us on the show now uh, from the Undisputed Era, WWE. I-, I found this out while I was researching this, actually, in my classic Wikipedia fashion. The, uh, the first man to have held a tag title in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and WWE, well, you and Bobby Fish. So yeah, that's quite a cool, uh, quite a cool, cool little thing stat. to put to your name, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, how are you doing, man?
0: Doing great. How are you doing? Yeah,
1: not bad at all. Not Thanks bad for having
0: all. me on the show.
1: Well, how are you yeah. enjoying being back over in the UK?
0: Oh, I love I love it coming here, man. There's just something special about coming here to perform. Coming here in general is, I mean, I've had family in Britain my whole life, so I've gotten to come over here on holiday and stuff like that. But coming over here for wrestling is just something so different and special, and I just look forward to it every single time. So I'm having a lot of fun this weekend.
1: I think it's really interesting, like, coming from that great Canadian line of quite technical wrestlers. Sure. Similar kind of thing to what we have in the UK. I yep. think there's that kind of bond between the two. I think two.
0: so too, yeah. yeah. You see, like, a lot of the clips of the Old Hart family coming over here back in the day and likewise booking a lot of the Brits over in Calgary. So it's, there's kind of that bond that's institutionalized in Canada and, and Britain.
1: How did, you, uh, how did you find round one with uh, Chris? Uh, I, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably okay. shouldn't be. I missed last night because of a family wedding.
0: Uh, but, uh, my someone b- has their priorities straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my buddy who was here said that it's the closest he's seen in a ring to, like, a legitimate jujitsu, Mai Tai fight, but in a wrestling ring. Oh, cool. Like, I mean, that's quite a compliment. Yeah, that's what
0: we're going for. I mean, I figure it's called the Super Strong Style 16, so what do we give them? we got to give them Strong Style, and Strong Style is legitimate martial arts techniques being used in a pro wrestling fashion. So just doing what I was brought in to do, and Chris was a perfect opponent for me. We uh, had really good chemistry, and we beat the ever-loving crap out of each other, but uh, I'm still standing today all by it. A little bit sore, but I'm ready for round two and one Paul Robinson.
1: Oh, I'm excited for that today. When they first put the bracket out, I'm like, that's the match.
0: Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> oh, <sweet. laughs>
1: it's that kind of... It's the right clash of styles. Yeah. for me. I think
0: there's going to be a lot of fun
1: today. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, how do you find the crowds working in the UK versus, say, uh, the States, Canada, or, or Japan, where you've done a lot of work?
0: Uh, the crowd in the UK, I f- feel is almost like they almost influence the crowds in the u.s in a sense of like like certain chants and the way the crowd interacts in the u.s like never really started happening until the brit scene was started to break out a little more like because i would love coming to the uk because the crowd is so lively they get so into things they're singing they're chanting and then like little pieces of that would like in the states it wasn't quite the same but little pieces of that would sort of merge into the u.s pop culture and into the the mentality of the wrestling fans in in the state so it's funny how like the crowds here are influencing crowds elsewhere in the world i think it's very interesting it's just something i've noticed i wonder if anyone else has picked up on that but i've certainly noticed that since coming over here and wrestling over there these last yeah, I mean, decade or so <laughs> since the scene has been booming here
1: you were working the night where uh, Zach take your shoes off if you hate. Zach Gibson became a thing so that's that's the kind of thing that we kind of expect from the UK crowd and actually that night was uh, taking the kind of journalist hat on and putting the Mark hat on Mm -hmm. my favourite match I've seen from a British perspective in the ring in the last five years or so was you guys working with Trent and Tyler and the payoff that we got as a UK crowd was so unexpected the Royal Albert Hall yeah the Royal Albert Hall what was that whole experience like that was
0: an unreal experience being in that historic venue just beautiful and just the history you you go around you see on the walls of everyone who's performed there and it's just like oh my god I get to follow in these footsteps and you know great wrestling has happened there back when WWF went there god what in the early 90s I think and just to be able to bring it back and, and to have such a feel-good moment for uh, the English crowd that night with Mustache Mountain beating us for the titles, it was something special to be a part of. I wasn't too pleased about it. Um, certainly had a talking to you with Mr. Regal and ensured <laughs> our imminent rematch as fast as possible in which we took the titles back. Let me just add that in. So all you fans are still celebrating that moment. It wasn't so great now, but, yeah, that was, that was awesome.
1: Well, allow me to sell the joy of the WWE Network as we can keep enjoying that That's moment. That's true. You there can. you go. I did my nice corporate plug. They'll be happy. Um, I, I, it's uh, what I love about that and about kind of what you guys are doing with tag wrestling through your stuff with Ring of Honor and New Japan and then into mm-hmm. WWE is it's proper old-fashioned tag wrestling. Right. Selling to hell, getting hot tags, doing it like... Yeah the way that I certainly grew up enjoying tag Yeah, wrestling.
0: absolutely. I've always been a huge fan of tag team wrestling and just having like a tag partner to begin with is just a different sort of you have carry a different mentality like being in a tag team than you do as a singles guy and it's nice to have someone there for you to help pick up the slack and to help bring forth ideas and to help Uh, share the burden and carry their load you know like having bobby by my side or Roddy, roddy for instance or even adam like the four of us can all you can make a tag team out of any of us me and bobby roddy and bobby me and adam adam and Bebe. everyone fits together so uh it's it's cool to have that uh nice mix you know and then as as a singles guy it's a little more okay a little more pressure if you will
1: I really loved the, mentioning the kind of four of you guys in uh, Undisputed Era. We we came to Download last year and we were doing mm. some interviews and stuff back in Guerrilla and, and I saw you guys kind of just hanging out with and you see there's Ricochet there and there's the Mustache Mountain guys mm. and it's like all of these guys who have worked their asses off for like 10 years have suddenly all crashed into yeah. the WWE it's at the so same wild.
0: time. It's so wild. Like all of our friends are like the top of the business and making waves in the industry. It's... Super cool time to be alive, a super cool time to be a wrestler, and an even better time to be a wrestling fan, because business, as they say, is a booming. How did you uh, How did you find Mania Weekend? Oh, it was surreal, yeah. Mania Weekend is always... I didn't have too much to, to worry about, because I wasn't wrestling on TakeOver, per se. Um, so it was a little uh, less stressful on my end. I was kind of more just there as a spectator at WrestleMania and stuff. But, I mean, just to be there and just see everything, the way it's all put together, it's just... It's unlike anything... In the world, truly. So it's it's cool for anyone to make that pilgrimage and experience, you know, the whole WrestleMania weekend thing one time in their lives.
1: His takeovers have obviously, I mean, from a critical standpoint, a fan mm-hmm. standpoint, have really sure. raised up to that level where they are the thing like I, I know guys who went as fans, and that's the event they were most excited yeah. about. And certainly, I mean, your guy in that main right. event, Johnny, was unbelievable. Yeah. But when you got to MetLife and you saw those matches in that eighty thousand people oh, and the atmosphere unreal. there, yeah. did it give you that little thing of oh, I want to get up, I want to oh, be on the main? card absolutely! It,
0: it makes you hungry so bad just for that to experience that. Like that's been pretty much been what this entire journey, my life's long journey, has been about: is to one day perform at Wrestlemania like that's why I'm doing this so you know who knows when or if that'll happen but it's what drives me every day you know and it doesn't mean that if it does happen then I'm done but it just means that that's you know something that I think everyone as performers they may not admit it but everyone who is a professional wrestler in the back of their mind and in their hardest of hearts and in their soul they want that experience you have to how, um, how did
1: you find that transition? Because if WWE was the goal, I'm guessing, well, I don't know, how did you first end up getting picked up by NXT? When did that call happen? And how did you mm-hmm. find that transition from working in the kind of major indies to suddenly being in?
0: First getting in, like, when I was a kid and I wanted to become a wrestler, of course, it was WWE. That's all I really knew about wrestling. I didn't know there was this whole other subculture of the independence and the scene in Japan and Britain. So once I started figuring that out and getting my uh, – feet in the water so to speak i was like wow this is what i love like i just love performing at the independent level really wanted to go to japan like i got to do do the new japan thing and that was the greatest time of my life like some of the best experiences i've had in my career is getting to wrestle there and i honestly truly miss it but once the opportunity came around for like wwe nxt because like for the longest time like guys like me you know we weren't getting signed by wwe but then you know, things started changing and the Daniel Bryans and the Sammy Zanes and the Kevin Owens started getting signed and they were former ring of honor guys. And I was a former ring of honor guy. So this started to become a real possibility. And when the call finally came, it was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to do this. And I'm coming in with, you know, my best friends in the business. So like, if we're going to do it, let's fricking do it. And you know, it's so far so good. It seems to be working out pretty well.
1: I do want to ask about your time in Japan and particularly getting to wrestle a Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. I think the three of them. -hmm. What's that experience, like that
0: crowd? That that is, yeah, another surreal experience where you just have to take a moment in it and just, you know, walk through that curtain, look around and just enjoy yourself. Just be proud of the fact that you made it there. Look around, don't take it for granted and just soak it all in and just, you know, don't just... Be focused about the performance. Like, for step back out of Kyle O'Reilly, be Kyle Greenwood for a second, and just be proud of yourself that you made it to this point. You know, it's it's really cool. Does it make it easier when you get to go and
1: work with someone like Adam Cole in a singles who you know so well, and you just like yeah that side of it's sorted. We've just got to make sure we get the crowd over.
0: Yeah, sure, but then again, a Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in a Tokyo Dome match for the Ring of Honor title. For most people, that's going to be the bathroom break match <laughs> who are there at the <laughs> Tokyo Dome, but still getting to do it at all is, uh, is really cool.
1: You're, uh, I, I, this is, I mean, I have no sway over this whatsoever, but I'm going to put my preference out there. You're not allowed to be called up until we've at least seen you do a run with Kushida okay. in NXT because I will pass it along. some of those matches were like, yeah. like, it's exciting to see him turning up after work. Totally. What do can him do with you guys? Yeah, it's great
0: to see him there now too. So it's just, it's awesome.
1: Is there anyone you've not worked with when you look at the guys maybe here in the UK or the guys that are coming into NXT now and you think, that's like I love what they're doing, Uh I'd really like to see what we could put together?
0: Uh, Certainly another match under the NXT banner with Kushida would be ideal. Um, Singles match with Matt Riddle would be awesome. I mean, there's so many great freaking guys that that I think I would mesh well with, but I'm just such a fan of that, you know, suedo mma type style that those are guys that i feel i could really do that well with um but yeah man i just i just love wrestling in all styles and you know was that really like conscious thing when you first started training
1: getting into wrestling that you really wanted to come across with that because i'd say anyone coming to your style new would assume that you had an mma background but you're pretty much a pure wrestling
0: guy, right right when i broke in originally 2005 i was just a straight up uh, pro wrestling guy and i just around that time like a year or so after breaking in i started training kickboxing and jiu-jitsu and really liked how that helped my cardio like in-ring cardio and as well as like things like my timing and my footwork and then actually being able to throw legitimate techniques in the in a match i think really brought a lot of my style out and i think that's something that is missing in people today who do try and do a, a martial arts type style is that they think it's cool and they want to do it in a pro wrestling match but they don't necessarily train it on their off time and then you can that's when you can tell the difference of someone who does actually train these techniques and someone who doesn't And that's something that not a lot of people have an eye for but i particularly have an eye for it and so I just I just feel if I'm going to do that style I need to be training on the side to, to supplement it because I don't want to be going throwing kicks when I actually don't know how to properly throw kicks I'm going to learn and train to do so so that's just my outlook on it
1: yeah no I think you're absolutely right I think the one thing we were talking about uh, kind of fantasy booking a little bit this new stable that's coming to NXT UK recently which is essentially the old ring camp guys mm-hmm. from WXW so with Marcel with Walter yep. with Alex and those guys I'm just saying if we can do an NXT UK versus NXT undisputed era and those guys Love like, that. I, that's another thing I'm just now giving you booking mm-hmm. suggestions you sure
0: and coming to NXT UK is something that's definitely on our radar something we definitely want to do because I mean the talent pool here is incredibly deep and of course like I've said the fans here are amazing so to come back over for NXT UK is something that I really, really hope happens sooner than later.
1: The last couple of things. The first thing was, again, doing my very cheap Wikipedia-based uh, uh, reading up on you. Yeah. You played rugby in Europe. Is that right? I sure did, yeah. Where was that? What was the, uh, what's the was story in, there?
0: I was in grade 12. So I think it was my senior year. Um, and we had a rug, like I played rugby all throughout high school in Canada. And uh, we... We did like a fundraising tour. We we're gonna to go to Ireland, Wales, and England for like two weeks, and and play a bunch of teams over here. Um, it was an incredible experience. We got our asses kicked every single <laughs> match because you guys are so savages at rugby. But seeing the countryside, my buddy, a couple of us were 18 at the time, so we were hitting okay, the pubs, yeah, we, were, yeah. we were drinking. But That's
1: part of the rugby culture, like exactly. As a, as a former kind of county level uh-huh. prop, I tell you if you're not doing that part of it, then you're that's doing not a rugby, rugby wrong.
0: You're doing rugby wrong. And that's something we learned and, and bonding with like the other, like, cause that rugby is such a gentleman's sport. Like you, you'd fight each other on the pitch. And then after your the team's taking you for beers and celebrating, it's like the, one of the coolest experiences of my life was doing that. And then, so when we get back to Canada, we like bought, like got so much better getting our asses kicked and bonded so much as a team. We went undefeated that whole season back in Canada. So it was like, it's a testament to uh, coming over here and, and, and learning the ropes with you guys there you go there you (laughs) go we
1: are improving you day by day (laughs) absolutely
0: and and the last thing and john will
1: be in no way surprised i'm asking about this the air guitar gimmick uh, I gimmick, won't spoil it for people who will not watch it online. Guitar with, the, uh, with title <laughs> last night with Chris Woodruff. But the title thing—where did that come what from? You, where is that cre- streak of creativity?
0: You're confusing me. It's, I mean, the air guitar has been done time after time. I'm not inventing anything. Not the way anything. you
1: do it. I, like, with the title, that oh, is, I don't
0: know. That, I, I was I've saying I
1: considered buying <laughs> a replica title just so I can do it as
0: well. Right. Around. I need. Like, I need. I. <laughs> Keep saying I don't play air, I only play gold, but I've been without that precious title for, I don't know, a matter of months now, and so my guitar finger was getting a little itchy, so time and time again I'll whip it out on an entrance and it feels special, like at uh, Progress Wrestling, I'll give, them, I'll give them what they paid to see, but don't get too used to it until i get that title back
1: <laughs> well man enjoy working with robo today and enjoy the rest of your thank weekend you. and thank you for coming over and entertaining us
0: my weekend. pleasure guys thanks for having me Top, man. cheers
1: Kyle reilly speaking with the pro wrestling show back at super strong style 16 thank you again to wwek and the guys at progress for helping us set that chat up you can watch it in full on our youtube channel pro wrestle show there as well or is it pro wrestling show i don't know john jackson has uh, got his thing on mute again i imagine because otherwise, we'd be hearing, I don't know, sheep oh, do know in the background. Do
3: you know why? It's because I'm standing next to a very creaky door and people are finishing work and it's just creaking. <laughs> on. Um, well, on Twitter, <laughs> it's um, Pro Wrestle Show, and on Instagram, it's Pro Wrestling Show. Oh, okay. Fine. <sighs> right. Um, we, we mentioned
1: it briefly, guys, but uh, TakeOver 25 this past weekend, uh, which saw uh, Matt Riddle against, uh, against Roderick Strong, which we saw Tyler Breeze back in the product to take on Velveteen Dream, Shayna Baszler against Io Shirai for the women's match, we had the NXT title match, and the Big Ladder match. Now, I, um, I had a friend Sam Round who hasn't been a WWE fan dedicated for 10 plus years. He watches Mania with us and stuff like that, but isn't a regular watcher of the product. He watched the ladder match through with me. We, he actually missed Riddle and Strong, and he couldn't have been more excited about what he was watching. Even though he had no background in the product, the the characters, the the people involved, he absolutely loved it. And I think it just showed how great the takeover product is that he can draw somebody in who isn't already along for the ride. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, NXT for the
2: longest time has been all more about the action. You know, they, they do do storytelling extremely well, but you can watch those matches in isolation and be just seriously entertained. And I think the, the crowd actually plays its part as well um, at takeovers because there is that kind of special atmosphere that you, you know, it's almost like those Raw After Mania kind of atmospheres where the crowd is just so into it. It's that kind of elder demographic And I thought this show, as well on its own merits, every match was was good. And to me, there was obviously a, a great start. The main event delivered, and the ladder match obviously brings those the spots that you know makes even the casual fan get excited. I just feel like it was a really well balanced show. I, you know, the only one though, I think I'm personally ready for Shayna Baszler to kind of be. Out with a title picture now, and possibly moved up. But other than that, um, you know, no complaints. Still
1: it was it was still a great overall show. I think Io Shirai the way she turned on Basler after the fact and and made that attack, and I think the uh, the the, uh, the brilliant spot with the chair moonsault was just phenomenal. But mm. I, I think that the story they're telling there is Io Shirai having to find a way to beat Baszler um, and uh, yeah I I just think that she will now, Shirai will go on now to win the title at the next takeover uh, but in like an absolute war. I think, I think they are setting up for Baszler to go up but I just think they're taking their time over it which I've got no problem with.
2: Yeah no it's, it's fine um, it, but I, it, it's just I, I suppose it makes more sense to me right now because of the the people that are missing on the main roster and you know it seems that the, the glaring holes there are in the women's division i know we've got this wild card rule but but other than becky lynch on raw and i suppose alexa bliss there's not much going on there so you, you just i could see her going up there and thriving
1: quite quickly and well john knows well about matt riddle uh someone we talked about our excitement about him being uh, brought up but we talked about it, a brilliant opening match. And, you know, we had Matt Riddle teases the idea that he might end up on TV already with the Raw and SmackDown product this week. It didn't happen. But apparently, he is garnering real, real, real attention from the powers that be up in northern New York. And, that
3: you know, I, I think they see that they've got a superstar there. They need to move him up fairly quickly. I think Matt Riddle is, is a refreshing character think he is Uh, the thing is that i struggle with is is how uh, unconvincing a lot of the characters are and how poor they are on the mic and the thing is with matt redlaw i mean he doesn't say a lot but he doesn't need to because his character is just so strong because he is that laid-back dude who possibly dabbles with you know herbal drugs um (laughs) and and he does it obviously well because he is that guy and i think that you know i think I think people see through people who aren't totally convinced about their characters and I think this is possibly why Bray Wyatt's new kind of thing is working for people because he's totally going balls deep on it he's like he is that thing he's not kind of just like being old Bray Wyatt and kind of thinking well I'm wearing an apron why am I wearing an apron like what's going on why am I doing this why am I teaming with Matt Hardy like it's you know it's it's believable and Matt Riddle has always been that guy and I think you know he doesn't wear shoes. And the thing, I know, ridiculous that sounds, people are, are like, if they've never heard of Matt Red, they're like, oh, it's that guy that doesn't wear shoes. Like, he has something which people who are not familiar with his work in the Indies can sort of remember him by. And then, obviously, he performs in the ring. So, I, th- I think it's I mean, true you know, that, you know, you were saying about how believable he is as well. And you have to remember, he can f*** you up. Like, believably. So, <laughs> yeah. There, you know, there, there's that too. I that, mean, that, to be fair, Al, most of them could, could F us all up. Yeah. But he could f*** up most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so That is true. If I, had, if I needed someone to, to be my uh, personal security, Matt Riddle, I mean, although you know his uh, timekeeping might be pretty bad, I would imagine, <laughs> uh, and, and like, if, I was, if I was covering his food costs, that would be ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, he would be a, a good personal bodyguard, I think. He, um, I also
1: like that he continues to call out Brock Lesnar uh, on Twitter. And now he's started on Goldberg. Goldberg has blocked Matt Riddle on Twitter because Matt Riddle was sending heat his way. And now he's using that to get more heat. I like that apparently, according to, again, backstage guys, that's not in any way. They've not asked him to do that. They've not said, like, you should be trying to get some. It reminds me a little bit of Rhea Ripley. It's not that they are being asked to do that. He's just like, I, I genuinely want to be the person that retires Brock Lesnar. I think it would be a great story because we're both former UFC guys. Uh, and he's just he's just decided, you know what? I'm not going to wait for somebody to give me the go-ahead. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I, just, I just heard the horn on the train.
3: <laughs> it's a freight train. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's so long, I'm just going to have to mute myself while it goes past talk amongst yourselves this is amazing um
1: <laughs> good uh al you said you what you stayed up to watch the uh, the tv product this week so um we do it we're in the build-up to super showdown saudi and we've talked about our problems previously with them positioning it as big as mania and all of that stuff that i think does down the rest of their product and we've talked at length how we're not happy with vince mcmahon you know allowing storylines to be affected by this big saudi money coming in for a show but if we're just going to isolate these two days of tv and not think about the long-termism what did you make of them
2: i mean i found them entertaining in spots uh i, I still think the hard truth is more entertaining than he has any right to be he's made that title actually something that uh, that i quite enjoy but you know i i it, again if, if i was to isolate it and say the lesnar Rollins segments um i'd say actually okay you know, that was quite entertaining but wwe advertising a cash-in that doesn't ultimately happen that seems to be a habit of theirs advertising things that don't happen like and that's that's a very dangerous business model in itself that you know your, your fans are going to stop buying that sooner or later um But there was plenty of stuff to enjoy over over the two days. Uh, I thought that the triple threat match between the women on SmackDown was surprisingly um,
1: well done. Yeah, some really good spots in there. Yeah, there there was. I think Carmella's really developed as an in-ring talent over the last year or so. Alexa Bliss has her limitations, but knows her character so well that she can get by those. And, you know, Charlotte Flair could go in the ring with a mop and do a good match, so...
2: Charlotte could glue together any kind of match. She really could. Um, yeah, I've been saying this for the longest time, but... Uh, yeah, it, so, so really, there was... Even the, the small stuff, like... Josh bat Like uh, Randy Orton... Yeah, I'm back, guys. Randy Orton and Triple H, even their promo... You know, it's, it's like one promo build um, for for a match. But even that was was quite entertaining it's interesting that foley has come out today and said he believes that they're the wwe are essentially trying to make the third hour of raw more attitude era-esque um now you could take that literally with the talent that was there this monday for the past hour but um it it means it's going to be a bit more risque and, and mature and I mean, I'm not sure if we saw that many signs of it this week, other than Randy Orton asking Triple H to get
3: his balls out of Stephanie's purse. But <laughs> um, Don't you worry, there'll be a Brian and panties match next week.
1: I think SmackDown was down on what I, it's been in the best weeks, but I still think was solid. I actually think Raw picked up a little bit on some of the stuff we've seen previously and you know while Bray Wyatt continues to be the absolute highlight of my week I really yeah. like the Ricochet Cesaro stuff um, kind of I they, they've had three matches in a row and I get that and it's a rubber match I either want them to go, right, we're redoing the Sheamus and Cesaro thing, this is going to be an ongoing thing, or that they're actually fighting for something, like a shot at the US title or a shot at whatever it might be. But they're putting on good matches and I'm enjoying them. I thought the opening match, even though I don't like the revival being positioned as Shane's, Current bitches. I thought actually they put on a pretty decent match with Drew McIntyre. The Usos, a lot of talent in that yep. match. I, I enjoyed Raw this week. And I almost felt dirty enjoying Raw because <laughs> of the fact that it was building to to Super Showdown.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not enjoying any of this. The only thing that I like that's building towards Super Showdown is when, uh, when the Undertaker came out to face off against Goldberg and said nothing and then just disappeared again. I thought that was actually quite good. The way that, you know, they've literally flown... Mr. Callaway, all the way there to appear from under the ring, stare him down for 20 seconds and then bugger off back under the ring. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I'm so intrigued what they're going to do with that match because it
2: has to be over in like record time, surely. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's who's going to go over. But, um, you know, it, 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 like I agree with everything you just said there. I don't mind the revival being associated outside of the tag division. Like... I, I would prefer if Shane just had a full-on stable at this point, though, because he's just loosely associating with Elias and Drew. <laughs> Anyone? The revival. I'd like it if he just actually had them as a pack and they went around kind of dominating stuff. That, that'd be nice. But um, I, I, you know, I don't know what the rub is for them. But it's better than the revival just kind of popping up on on Raw every couple of weeks, losing and getting Usy hot. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it.
3: That didn't last very long, did it, Usy hot? It didn't. It didn't get a second run. I don't know no, how. I'm glad that got buried.
1: <laughs> I, I, um, look, the fact is, I, I would massively support the idea of going more down the stable route. I think they do it so well in, in other wrestling promotions. I mean, we, talked, we kicked off the show talking a lot about the New Japan show from the last couple of days, and Dominion's got a fantastic lineup with all the big singles titles on the line, all in intriguing matches. But the fact is, is, what they can do with that is once you've got stables established... Rather than throwing together random six-man tag matches, you can actually make them mean something. And, and, like, as much as I'm sometimes critical of New Japan for being like, right, on every show that we're doing that's not a major show, what we're going to do is do four six-odd-man tag, ma- tag matches and then do the main events. None of them are below, like, a three-star level. They're all really entertaining, and they've got meaning behind them because they come from those stables. So I'd be totally, totally for that. But actually, I'd just rather Shane wasn't involved in in-ring action right now.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were saying similar things to that. Like, <laughs> he's, been, he's been on every pay-per-view.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah, that John, was the door that, no, that guys, sounded that, like guys, a werewolf. Guys, yeah. that was the door I was telling you about. I walked in near it. I thought it was safe. Um, I, the thing is, right, when Shane was trying to be, um, I can't remember who he was doing the promo against. Was it the Miz? I don't know. And he's basically threatening to get up on that turnbuckle and go coast to coast. And I'm just like, is that a threat? Because, like, 50% of the time, you don't really make a great connection.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, surely it's doing more damage to him than anyone. But You think so? Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't mind. You know, people, I've seen a lot of people kind of say, oh, why do we need Shane McMahon on TV and blah, blah. I don't mind strong characters like, like Shane. I like you know, he's he's someone who has a lot of history, so you can invest in him. But do I need him as a central figure wrestling in the feuds? Probably not. Like, I'm not not totally sure why he seamlessly moved on from the Miz to Roman Reigns, it's like a push. But um, you know, I, I do like him being around and and I, I do feel like it could elevate certain talent that he works with to be associated with Shane, but it's just how they do it.
1: Yeah yeah and and look we will do uh starting next week we'll do a show which reviews both dominion and we'll look at the saudi arabia show as well Uh, i promise we will do everything to find the positives in it uh uh, but you know i'm also keen that they have started the build towards the next pay-per-view as well beyond that and at least we can start to look beyond it i've forgotten what it's even called now what's the next pay-per-view stomping grounds stomping grounds that's it it's an okay name (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the best we got for it that is it
2: that, that should be the tagline as soon as it as soon as the pay-per-view comes to air that is an okay name
1: <laughs> it's got a decent a uh, couple of uh you know i'll take bailey alexa bliss i think that could be interesting
2: yeah 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 I'm, I'm down for it um you know i i find it very interesting that they're positioning this feud and then sasha is apparently you know lurking she she uh, her return is is not too far away so that'd be quite an interesting way to bring her back given the history with both women and Sasha
1: and we're getting Roman Drew part two which hopefully will be given more of a position than it was at Mania Mania it felt like a filler match even though it was Reigns return and that was weird but I want to see Drew pushed fully so look well Drew Drew's lost twice to, to, to Roman I'd like to point out
2: I really don't want to see it happen a third time
1: quite quite uh look Warrington (laughs) let's head back to Warrington one final time anything else you want to add before we
3: let you go I can speak to you well as the sun has come out over the Unilever chemical plant here by the station the sound of sirens in the background Uh, you really need to visit Warrington if you can Uh, visit Warrington.co.uk they'll sort out your train your Virgin train from London Euston takes an hour and 54 minutes wonderful stuff (laughs) uh good we'll let john john will 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 can you can you clip that and just send it to the warrington council please thanks (laughs) done it's i need to get if you don't do that i don't get my return train paid for (laughs) (laughs) so we get to if if i don't do it you have to stay there oh i shouldn't have said it i've said too much good good um the
1: uh, I, I haven't had much chance because you've heard there's a lot of wrestling going on this weekend haven't had a much chance to look at what's going on in the indie scene i did uk indie scene i did see that um uh, viper against tony storm at uh Uh, ICW Shug's house party at the end of the month is for the WWE NXT UK women's title which is nice to see them putting those titles on the bigger independent shows as well as having them on their own shows that's pretty cool it'd be particularly nice if maybe they film it and put it on TV just as an idea Uh, but otherwise I have ignored everything going on there so maybe we'll talk more about that next week Uh, Big Al any final thoughts?
2: No, just looking forward to catching the action this weekend uh, and seeing you WWE have, have traditionally kind of used the Saudi shows like a house show, almost. So, all champions retained and all that malarkey. But, you know, I don't know who's going to win the 50-man battle royal. I haven't even really thought about it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it didn't mean much for Braun. So, um, yeah, I'm just intrigued to see how they go about it now.
1: It does feel like, even as much as we have taken a bit of a pup on the shows and the and the funding and everything, that actually it does at least feel like they're trying to involve storyline in them a bit more. So maybe that's yes. something. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, as always, at Pro Wrestling Show on Twitter, Instagram at Pro Wrestling Show, the YouTube channel if you want to hear that Kyle O'Reilly into and see my pretty little face while we're doing it. Otherwise, thank you for listening. This has been the Pro Wrestling Show.
3: Visit Warrington.
1: <laughs> Delightful, boys. I'm going to have to bolt. Yeah, no, bye guys. I imagine John has to do the same as well. So catch you later, guys. See ya. Bye-bye-bye.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.